In this episode, I'm going to show you how to be an amazing coaching client. Now, whether you have a coach or not, a mentor or not, or a consultant or not, it doesn't matter because I speak from a strange place of experience. Um, I currently have several CEOs that I mentor. Uh, I have uh, multiple mastermind groups that I uh, that I run, and several comp- portfolio companies that we've invested in for the CEOs that we that we mentor as well. On the other side, I have multiple coaches and mentors across several domains in my life. I am in multiple paid mastermind groups, and all of them I strive to do one thing: I strive to be the best coaching client. Let me tell you why. I strive to be the best coaching client because I believe that if I can show up as the best possible coaching client, then I naturally can activate the best coach for me. I naturally can activate their best magic when they show up to work with me, which is why I think it's important to find a way to be the best version of yourself and to strive to be the best coaching client. So in this episode, I'm going to break down my 10 ideas on how you can be an amazing coaching client. And it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Hey, this is Sharon Trivatsa, and today I'm going to break down for you how to be an amazing coaching client. How to be an amazing coaching client. Now, we've talked a lot about finding a great mentor, having great coaches around us, getting consultants on board, uh, etc., to help us build and grow our business and have a great life. But the question now becomes... How do you be an amazing coaching client? It's interesting to me because I hear a lot of uh, discussion around how you find a great coach, how you find a great consultant, how you find a great mentor. And it feels to me like we're putting all the onus on them. It feels to me like I'm having to outsource my success to them. But in fact, they are my support system. I am leading the charge. I am the tip of the spear. I need to show up. I need to put in the work and I need to deliver uh, on everything. And they are my support system. They help me be better than I am to do better than I can do to, to do more, be more and give more and achieve more. And there's a fundamental reason why I wanted to record this podcast because uh, many of the things in here may sound mechanical, but when you put it all together, it could be quite life-changing. And let me tell you why I'm recording this. I believe that I can actually get more out of a coach and a mentor than most people can. And let me tell you how we do that. Because a lot of times, it's not about the coach showing there to be a great coach for you. I want to show up differently so that I can bring out the best in them. I'll say it again. It is on me to show up differently, to do the things differently, so that I can be an amazing coaching client so that I can bring out the best in my coach. I have multiple 
coaches that I pay a lot of money to. And I'm very grateful for that experience, but I have to show up to be better so that I can bring out the best in them. And that is the reason I'm recording this episode. So I wrote down, uh, this is going to probably be 30 things. And I think it evolves uh, and makes you a better person, a better leader, and also a better coaching client. But I wrote down 10 things that I want to share with you that will help you become an amazing coaching client. Because I believe that you have the magic for showing up and bringing out the best in the coach. Because when you can bring out the best in the coach, at the end, it benefits you and it benefits them because they love being with you and serving you. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Number one, uh, this is the big four. And I uh, originally heard this from Dan Sullivan. And I think he used this in a different context, but I love the four things that he talked about with reference to this. And I think mechanically speaking, it nails it. And here's what he says. He says, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, finish what you start, say please and thank you. Not only is that great from a coaching client perspective, I actually think that's great being a citizen of the world, but very seriously, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, finish what you start, say please and thank you. All right. I think that, uh, and I, I'm going to hammer the show up on time part. We're going to talk about time often in this episode because a lot of time we are, st- uh, we have time built in with our coaches and our mentors, right? We get on a Zoom call or a private meeting or a phone call or whatever, and we're on a call with them. And if we don't show up on time, I just think it's disrespectful because we expect them to be on time, but it's okay for us to not be on time. Well, that's not fair because that way you're not bringing out the best in them. I just don't think it's fair. Additionally, I'll give you the other end of it. It, A lot of, just like you have appointments, they have appointments too. And sometimes, right, they may have back-to-back calls. So they're going from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And if you say, well, let me just ask you one more question. Can I just ask you one more question? And now it's 11.03. Now they're late for their next call. And then they just feel bad because you went over time. And I think about it in this way in which I'm like, hey, can I give them back a gift of a minute? Can I give them back a gift of a minute? And we'll talk about that in a minute. Again, let's start with number one, the gift of the big four. Show up on time, do what you say you're gonna do, finish what you start, and say please and thank you. That's number one. Number two, now I'm getting into the nitty gritty stuff. A lot of us as coaching clients, as individuals, entrepreneurs, business owners, we go out and we write up our own goals. We just go write up our own goals, and then we come back and tell our coach, here, here are my goals. Help me get them. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's cool. Maybe in the initial part of the relationship, but if I've been working with you for a little bit and you go out and you had an epiphany and you just built your own goals without not without being in concert with me, that's weird because I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. I know what you can do as a coach, as a mentor. And so I think this is really powerful because it's, I think we should co-create our goals. The goal setting process is not just you sitting back and just reflecting and making your own goals. The greatest part about working with a coach or a mentor is to co-create your goals. The co-creation of goals is such a powerful thing because you can, it's co-creation. You know, you're bringing something to the table, talking about your desires, and you're allowing the coach to say, you know what, Jenny, (laughs) I think you're undershooting that. 
Like, I think you want to make a million dollars this year? That's crazy. You made 900 last year. You should be shooting for a lot more. And I believe you can have do a lot more because we built this infrastructure to handle a lot more. The coach will allow you to grow significantly more than you could possibly grow. And the coach also doesn't have FOMO. The coach also doesn't look around and say, oh yeah, you know, you have to be like the Joneses. The greatest part about having the coach in your corner is that they love you and they care about you. They're invested in your success, but they're not emotionally connected to your problems. They're not emotionally connected to looking around and saying, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Jimmy has a Tesla and, and, and Sharon has a jet, so I need to up my goals this year. They don't have to do that. They are focused on you and they're focused on how they can make you the best version of you. So one of the most amazing exercises that you can do is to co-create your goals with your coach. So instead of just doing business planning by yourself, writing some numbers in a little box, like that is a powerful session to have with your coach where you can be ultra vulnerable and co-create those goals. And this is even more powerful because when when I co-create the goals with my coach, do you think in the next meeting when my coach shows up, do you think she is more motivated? She's more aligned? She's more committed? to working with me to achieve my goals because it was not just thrust upon her because she actually helped me co-create them. Yeah, there is co-ownership in them. And I tell you, just because it's middle of the year or whenever you're listening to this, it's not too late. You can take a pause. You can throw your goals back in front of your coach and say, hey, if we had to redo this and do, you know, do the next 12 months, how can we co-create this? What If we had to rebuild our goals from the bottom up, how could we do this? Spend a session doing that with your coach and watch the magic that comes out of it. Super powerful. Number two, co-create your goals with your coach and that will get you on the path to being an amazing coaching client. Number three, own the tracking and the reporting. I'll say it again, own the tracking and the reporting. Nothing, the coach does not have to track and report for you. The coach does not have to give you a spreadsheet to track. The coach does not have to ask you uh, on Sunday night to fill out your your, your update for Monday morning's meeting. That is not the coach's responsibility. That is yours. That it it is the coach's responsibility to work with you to read the tea leaves to actually do better so they can take you to the next level. Them mechanically like holding you accountable to fill out your tracking sheet is ridiculous because if that if they had to do that, we have some significant clarity problems and you need like we need to change that completely. I would take ultra ownership on creating the tracking and reporting because when I step up and have a conversation with my coach, I need to be able to load up my spreadsheet or load up a dashboard or load up a list of things that I've done or load up my weekly calendar or whatever and say, hey, we are here so far. This is what we have done. Here's our tracking sheet. This is the thing that we have done. I have answers to everything because the tracking and the reporting is my, is my the coaching client's responsibility. I would never put the tracking on the coach. The tracking is your responsibility because then since you've co-created the goal, then you can now use the coach as a as a um, sounding board, as a support system to tweak your tracking, getting it the right place, making sure it's working so you can start reading the right numbers because the coach can look and say, huh, Sharon, I don't think we're tracking the right things. That's what you want to hear, right? That's a really powerful thing. So now you can go start tracking differently. I would say own the tracking and the reporting. We can't just get on the coaching calls and be like, oh, what do you want to talk about today? Like that doesn't work. Like that, that's that's hilarious. Like why would why would you? That's not only doing yourself a disservice. You're putting the coach in a really tough position to come up with the agenda for you. Remember this, as my coach and mentor Michael Shigel always says. He says, 
coaching is your agenda. Coaching is the client's agenda. And the client's agenda is the tracking and the reporting of the goals that have been co-created. That is your agenda. The agenda is nothing else. It is the tracking and the reporting of the co- uh, of where you are with the goals created. All right? So that's number three. Own the tracking and the reporting. And even if you have to take some time to build that live with your coach, do it. Own the tracking and the reporting because it's really, really powerful when um, when that stuff happens, uh, happens well. Number four. This is a big one, and I see this happen often, and I think this is very insulting to the coach. Don't make big decisions without speaking to your coach first. Now, if you want to go out and buy a car, like that's on you, and I get it. But if you and your coach are working on a debt reduction plan, and you go out and buy it, you know, Ford F-150 Raptor, well, on, on borrowed credit, well, that's not cool. That's a big decision, right? So... Uh, what may seem like, a, oh, I can drive any car is a fine decision, but in the grand scheme of the world, if it's a big decision with a judgment call, I would talk about your talk to your coach about it with it. You know, don't make big decisions without talking to your coach first. Like you can't bring on a new, you can bring on a new front office receptionist without talking to your coach, but I don't think it's fair to bring on a chief operating officer or name someone CEO without talking to your coach. Like that's weird because now the coach has to advise you differently. They can see something without you being able to see it. Similar things, anything that, um, uh, and here's how I think about it, right? If if, if there is a decision also that is probably hard to reverse, then I would talk to your coach about it. I'll say it again. If there is a decision that you have to make that is probably difficult to reverse, then I would talk to your coach about it. So if you uh, if you put down a deposit on a house and you just think you can take it back and like before you talk, cool, that's fine. But you don't want to make a decision which is hard to reverse because now now we're playing defense all over again. Again, I would make a commitment to saying, don't make big decisions without speaking to your coach first because it's just plain straight up insulting, right? Uh, That's number four. Number five, let's get a little personal with this. Number five, uh, if you took your life in a normal distribution, and uh, sorry for the uh, mathematical nerd stuff in me, statistical nerd stuff, actually normal distributions are a function of statistics. If you took a normal distribution, um, 80% of stuff, 90% of stuff like are, is normal. 90% of the things that happen in our life are mundane. Like, you know, it's the day-to-day operations of how we run our life and run our business. It's the kids, the family, the vacations, the cash flow, whatever. It's the normal stuff. But what I think a coach can really help you with, which makes you an amazing coaching client for them and for yourself, is what I call the top five and bottom five. The t- look, the top 5% of someone's life, the, high, the, the highest of joys, the, the highest of joys in someone's life, most people don't understand, right? So let's say you close a big deal and uh, you've worked on it for six months and then you come home and you talk to your spouse or your kids and then they're like, hey dad, hope you had a good day. Like, you know, can you, can you grab the milk? That's what happens. Nobody recognizes the highest of highs except you do. You have no one to talk to about the highest of highs. And the highest of highs define who we are because it allows us to go to a completely different level. That's the top five. The bottom five is exactly the same thing. I know you and I have to deal with problems all day, issues all day, pain all day. I totally get it. But the bottom 5%, 
that when you got a really nasty lawsuit, when you're when you're on the ropes without uh, being able to make payroll, when when three deals went south, when you know when when your key when your number one employee threatens to quit, when three of your biggest clients you know are mad at you the same day, like the bottom five percent of the junk of the day, that. You have to talk to your coach about that is where you can be an amazing coaching client. That is where that person can show you the strength and the empathy that makes you amazing. I don't know why people talk to coaches about the mundane, the stuff that you know how to solve, continue solving it. That's cool. But can you bring out the top 5% and the bottom 5%? That's what's going to drive a much deeper, more meaningful relationship and can make you a more amazing coaching client. Those are the first five. And let me recap them very quickly for you. Number one, the big four, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, finish what you start and say please and thank you. Number two, co-create your goals with your coach. Co-create them. Number three, take 100% ownership for the tracking and reporting around your goals. 100% ownership. Number four, don't make big decisions without speaking to them first. And number five, Share the top 5%, the highest of highs, and the bottom 5%, the lowest of lows. And when you do that and share that and you explore that, a lot of growth comes from that. And that can make you an amazing coaching client. Let's drive through a few more because I have five more for you on uh, the 10 ways to be an amazing coaching client. And let's hit number six. Uh, a lot of people ask me this actually, is how do I prepare for, the, for a coaching call or a call that I have with one of my coaches or mentors? And here's how I do it. And I'll share this with you. This is a, it's a very simple process that I go through. It takes about 10 minutes. So I take 10 minutes uh, either the night before or the morning of, and I like to do it, you know, within a 24 hour period of the call because I want it to be raw and real. And I go through a very quick three-step process and I'll share exactly the process with you right now because it'll put you in the right state to be able to have a great coaching call. The, the first one is the highs and lows. And what I do uh, is I learned this in, you know, through my YPO network. And what I do is I just take the, the three big areas of our life, business, personal, family, business, personal, family, personal, meaning just what's in my head and what's in my heart and what's in my body, right? Business, I think about, hey, what is the highest of high? What's the highlight of my business right now? What is one thing that is going to, that's been going well, say, since the last call, the last two weeks, the last week, whatever it may be? The highest of highs. Cool, I write that down. Then I go to the lowest of lows. The lows, in if I had to tack on a low in my business, what would it be? I write that down. Cool. I just make a quick note. Then I go to high in my family. What is one thing that I'm really excited about? And then I go to the low in my family. What's one thing that I'm super not excited about? Then I go to the high in my personal life, just me, me, myself, my heart, my, you know, my personal self. What is the high? And then what is the low? That allows me to see a pattern emerging because if every time I do this, the low was, for example, my health or my energy or my sleep or my confidence or my relationship with my spouse or my time or what or money, You'll know that, and when you have that come up over and over again, it allows you to bring up an important conversation with your coach, right? Super important. So number one, I just do the highs and lows. I kid you not, this takes maybe two or three minutes, not not long. Number two, 
I pull up my goals like I do every single morning and I just look at my goals uh, and I do goals in 90 day, 90 day chunks. And I look at my goals and I say, well, what's happening in this 90 day period? Where am I? I just look down the list. Where am I in each of these? Okay, it's on, on, am I on or off track? On or off track? On or off track? On or off track? And if I'm on track, cool. If I'm off track, I ask, well, do I need, a, do I need some support here? Do I need some support? Do I need some support? And if I do, then I write it down to have a conversation. If, I, if not, I, it's just me and my accountability or whatever. I just figure it out. But I generally, I have no more than five to seven goals per quarter that targets that I want to hit. I just go down those and I say, am I on track or off track? On track or off track? On track or off track? And if I say off track, I ask myself, do I need some support here? And if I do, uh, then I bring it up to my coach because she helped me co-create them. And I say, hey, do you remember we talked about this? I feel off track on this goal. Can you help me kind of get back on track? Now, the, the mission for the coach is very simple, and they now have a chance to be a great coach, and you have a chance to be an amazing, amazing coaching client. That's number two. That probably takes me like, I don't know, three minutes. And last but not least, I look at my, I keep all my coaching notes in the same, I use Evernote. I keep all my coaching notes in the same Evernote file. So I just put a date and I write bullet points, put a date and I write bullet points, put a date and I write bullet points. And at the end of the bullet points, I have some commitments. So I always leave uh, commitments from the last call. Hey, I said I was going to do X, going to do Y, going to do Z. I just review my commitments to make sure I hit all my commitments. And if I didn't, I should have a reason for that because otherwise I am out of integrity with what I said I was going to do. You remember the big four, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do, finish what you start and say please and thank you. Do what you say you're going to do. That's the commitment. I made a commitment in the last call to doing something. And for some reason, if I didn't do that, then that's on me. And I need to call it out before my coach says, well, Sharon, you said you were going to do that. That's a really crappy thing for a coach to say. You never want that. You never want to put the coach in a position where the coach has to call you out. If you want a coach for accountability and that's why you hired that person, fine. But if you hired a high performance coach who can help you be a support system and a thought partner and a mentor, well, they shouldn't have to call you out on anything, right? That's not the point. The point is to be your partner in getting to a much higher level of performance. So I just look at the commitments that I made and I want to make sure I'm on track. And if I'm off track, I just tell the coach, hey, I hey, I told you that I was going to do this. I didn't do it. And my apologies. Uh, I'll have it done tomorrow. Uh, you know, this won't happen again. That way you know that the commitment happened, right? That's number six. Prepare for the call. I do the three things, highs and lows, business, personal, family, goal review. Am I on track or off track? And if I'm on track, do I need support? And last but not least, commitment review. Did I I say I was going to do something and did I do it all? If not, how am I going to actually manage that? Cool. This takes me, talking about commitment review, right? This takes me to uh, number seven is, and I want to talk about two things, both mechanically speaking and, uh, you know, conceptually speaking, mechanically speaking, I I just made, I've made a commitment to to doing this and this is just me. I will never go over time. If my, if my call ends at 11 a.m., I will never go over time. I don't ever want to go over. Nothing, nothing is important, that important that I should ever go over time. Nobody hits it more, especially when they're back to back. Now they're late. Never go over time. If you're one minute to time, give yourself the grace of one minute. If it's 10.59, I'm like, hey, coach, I think we're on time. Um, and, you know, normally I'll try to wrap up much, much earlier than that. I like to use the last five minutes in my head to actually say, okay, cool, what are the commitments here? And I might just do it in my head. Sometimes I might bring it up live, but I mean, I generally just do it in my head as to what the commitments are, and I'll take the notes on that. But as soon as we get to time, I'm out, I'm done. Hey coach, I think we're on time. You probably have a busy day. I appreciate you, thank you so much. Click done, I'm off the call. 
there's nothing that a coach loves more than that because otherwise you're just dragging and dragging for that extra three minutes that's caused more stress for both you and him or her. No reason for that, right? Which takes me to number seven, which one, respect the time, don't go over. Number two, do not leave the call without commitments. So spend the last five minutes just recapping and getting the commitments so that you know what you need to do to level up and get to your next call. Literally, that's all you need to do. The last five minutes should just be like, okay, cool. Looks like we said a bunch of things. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'll have this by next week. I'll have this by the week after. Whether you share it with him or her or whether you share it with yourself, you give yourself commitments so that you can deliver on your commitments. The commitments are what, you know, the, when you take commitments and you daisy chain these commitments into results and you daisy chain those results, that's what shows you, that's what gets you the transformation. And that's how you become an amazing coaching client and a better version of yourself. So two parts of this. One, respect time. Don't ever go over. And number two, don't leave the call without commitment. So use the last four or five minutes just to recap and wrap up. And then right when it's done, just be done right? Don't make it hard for them. Make it easy on yourself. Give them the one minute to easy to start and finish. It, the operationally small things like that go a really long way to making you feel like an amazing coaching client. That's number seven. Don't leave the call without commitments and definitely respect the time and don't go over. Number eight, I'll tell you what I do. I do a 30 minute debrief after every call and I try to do it the same day. Um, some of my coaching calls are, at, you know, midday and I may have something right after. So I at the end of my day, I'll sit down and I'll do a debrief. And my debrief is very, very simple. And I'll tell you what they are. I like to keep things ultra simple. I want to write up my top five takeaways. That's just my top five takeaways. So right in my same coaching document, I just write my top five takeaways. It may be a quote. It may be something that I learned. But I want to encapsulate that time and get my top five takeaways. However mundane, however simple, however focused they are, it doesn't matter. I want to get my top five takeaways. Some days I have three, some days I have seven, but I try to get at least hit five takeaways per per interaction. Now, I'll give you a sidestep around this. It's super powerful also if you do a, you know, if you attend a webinar, uh, if you spend time going live to something, if you attended a webinar, if you attended a live cast, if you go to an event, especially if you go to an event, most times when I go to an event, at the end of the day, I'll do a top 10 uh, takeaways for the day from the event. And if I'm there for three days, I have 30 takeaways and that's it. And, and that, when I recap and review those, that'll give me really powerful takeaways and insights for the time that I spent there. So if you're gonna spend an hour hour and a half, whatever, per week or every other week, which makes sense, you know, talking to your client or to your coach, the least you can do is spend 10, 15 minutes just doing a quick debrief for yourself, getting your top five takeaways, because the, the memorialization of those takeaways is what makes you a better person, a better entrepreneur, a better individual, and then again, a more amazing coaching client, right? A more amazing coaching client. All right, that's number eight, the 30-minute debrief. Now, Let's get, I want to get a little personal here. Uh, let's do number nine. I'm almost at the end. Let's do number nine. And why do we do this? Why do I prepare my highs and lows, my goal review, my commitment review? Why do I co-create the goals? Why do I own the tracking and the reporting? Why do I make the big decisions first without, you know, only after speaking with them? Why do I talk about my top 5% and my bottom 5%, my highest of highs and lowest of lows? Why do I do a 30-minute debrief? Why? Why? Here's why. The commitment I have to myself is that in every single call, I want to reach a new depth of vulnerability. I say it again. 
I do all of these things. I co-create my goals. I own the tracking and the reporting. I don't make big decisions without speaking with them first. I I, I, I think about my highest of highs and lowest of lows, and that's why I talk to them. I do, I prepare for my call. I do my goal reviews. I do my commitment reviews. I respect their time. I do the 30-minute debrief. Why? Every single call, I want to reach a new personal depth of vulnerability, a new depth of personal vulnerability. Because the more honest I am with myself, the better I can be to the world. There is a great quote, I don't know who said this, you get bonus points for telling the truth. And uh, most entrepreneurs and high achievers are phenomenal at lying to themselves. They are so smart that they can conjure up any darn story to make a deal be a good deal, to make an initiative be a good initiative, to make a you know girlfriend or a boyfriend a good girlfriend or a boyfriend that they should date and marry, that, that they, they should invest in something, they should keep that employee, they should not worry about the sunk cost, they should, you know, they should hide the finances from their loved ones, whatever. All of us are too, way too smart for ourselves. And that's why every single call, I want to reach a new depth of personal vulnerability. Because the more vulnerable I am, the more someone is in my corner can help me, can see through me, can help me see the deeper part of myself and can support me. Every single call, I want to reach a new depth of personal vulnerability. Isn't that why we hired our coach? So that we can upgrade ourselves. It's not about the result that they bring us. The result that they bring us is a marketing speak. That's a consultant. That's interesting. Hey, cool. I work with you and you help me grow my business 10%. Woohoo, good for you. See you later. Yeah, fine. But can I, my coach, I work with her. My coach, I work with him so that he makes me better, a better entrepreneur. And, and because I became a better entrepreneur and a better version of myself, I was going, I was able to grow, build and sell a business or have better relationships or whatever they may be. Every call helps you reach a brand new depth of personal vulnerability. And that's why we do all of these things. Cool. All right. Last one. Then I may have a bonus for you. I may have a bonus for you. Last one. Um, when I enter a coaching relationship, or a mentoring relationship. In fact, when I even have my team enter a new vendor relationship, a printing vendor or what vendor relationship or a supplier relationship, I tell them this. Hey, I, we want to be your best client. We want to be your easiest client. And in my head, I have, I've told my coaches, I want to be your best client. I want to be your best client, which means both both conceptually and philosophically and operationally. I want to make this an easy relationship. When they think about me, they should be like, oh my gosh, it's Sharon, it's so easy. Like he's like, I can show up at my best self working with him. That, if, if that's not the case, then it's a terrible relationship. I'm not bringing out the best in my coach. I actually can bring out the best in my coach. My job is to show up and bring out the best in my coach and I want to be their best client. Imagine this, imagine my coach shows up on the call and I am her best client. Do you think she shows up better? Do you think she shows up stronger? Do you think she shows up more powerful? Do you think she shows up more energized? Do you think she shows up more aligned? Of course, because I strive to be her best client. And when I, when, when, when I jump on the phone with my best client, do you think I am the best version of myself? Yes. I show up to be amazing because I know they're my best client and they bring it out in me. So what can you do to be their best client? Well, a lot of it is very logistical, right? Just for example, it sounds like small things, but be ultra flexible if they need to reschedule. 
like dates, times, et cetera, just be ultra flexible, anything logistical. Uh, be ultra flexible and when they need to reschedule, make sure all your payments are made on time or early, make sure you respond to all their emails like right on time, like don't delay with their, respond with their phone calls, like literally. Everything to do with the operational stuff needs to be easy because they need to be like, oh my gosh, Sharon is such an easy person to work with. He's such a great client. Number two, if you see something breaking down in their lives, check in with them. It's just not their job to be there for you. It's your job to be there for them. People put us in different relationships. The world, the divine puts us in different relationships so that we can do better. It's not just a coach, you know, client relationship or a mentor-mentee relationship. It is a relationship. I believe that I have as much to offer my coach in this karmic balance that she or he does for me. I, if I don't, then I only leave them one way and it's just a, they shared some ideas, I gave them some money and done, like whatever. That's, there's got to be more to life than that. I also would say you got to get a little engaged in their lives. Like if I have a coaching client and they don't read my emails, they don't look at my social media posts, they don't return my phone calls or text messages, like I have zero interest in working with them. I like I expect them to be a part of my life. I expect them to know my stream of consciousness. No, they don't have to read every single email I send. They don't have to listen to but but you have to be plugged into my world. You cannot not know what's going on because that's just that shows that you have no no respect for me. Read their emails, share their posts, promote them. Attribute them if they did help you with your success. Like I should show up and say, hey, my coach, Dan, Jen shared this with me and attribute it. He's saying, hey, my mentor, Michael, helped me do this. Hey, like my dad helped me, taught me this, whatever it may be. Attribution is really powerful, especially when you can show a piece of success related to them. And I'll tell you this, the last thing you should say on a call is... These are my words. You can say whatever you want. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> like, those should be the last four words, five words on a call. Thank you. I appreciate you. And let me tell you why. They want to know that they're making an impact in your life. They can't read minds. Why do we tell our children that we love them every seven minutes? Why? I don't tell my wife I love her every seven minutes, but I tell my daughter and my son that I love them every seven minutes, even though they know. Even though my wife probably needs it more than my daughter and my son does. Why? They can't read minds. Right? They can't read minds. And more importantly, I know that my coach is, if she feels off or my mentor feels off, they think, hmm, I wonder if I'm like doing, if I'm serving Sharon well. You never want to ever put your coach or your mentor feeling like whether they're serving you well when in fact they are. You never want to do that. It should be ultra clear that they that that you respect them, that you appreciate them for what they're doing. This is beyond the money and the time, right? This is a beautiful human relationship. They're in there in the service of you and you are there to grow. Like this is this is so much bigger than everything else. So I will tell you this. When you're about to get off the call, thank you, I appreciate you are powerful words to say. Just try it. It makes them feel so much better so they can show up better for you. That's how you become an amazing coaching client. Now, I'll give you this one last one. I think this is a, I don't know why a lot of people don't do this, uh, but give you the bonus number 11 is the biggest sign of a thank you, the biggest sign of gratitude, the biggest sign of appreciation, the biggest sign, the most powerful sign that they have impacted you is to refer them clients in, in case they're taking clients on. Like, 
<laughs> I don't want any more. Like I'm good. I'm full. But but my clients are for my clients all the time. But my, my, my point is, I, I will tell you, I am probably the number one referral source for my for my coaches. I'm probably the number one referral source source for several of our our business partners, our printers, our podcast folks, our V our VA services, whatever. I'm probably the number one referral source. Why? Because one of the po- most powerful ways that I get to show them that I love what they do, I appreciate their skill and I appreciate their capability. And I know that they can deliver a transformation and I know that it will make me look good. I want them to feel this amazing gratitude that I referred them. There is no bigger, there is no bigger thank you than you than you saying to your friend or your whoever saying, hey, you should work with my coach, Sharon. I'm just making it up. You know, I, I think you're the right, you should at least have a conversation with them, see if it's the right fit. If you did that, like that is an amazing endorsement. That endorse introduction is so deeply powerful. And I would say that we should do it more consciously. We should do it more openly. We should do it more givingly. And and that literally makes you an amazing coaching client. I could go on and on with this stuff, but um, I've been thinking a lot, uh, very, very long and hard about this. And I love being an amazing client. I love knowing, I love, I love it when someone thinks of me and says, ah, Sharon's one of my best clients. I, I want that. I, I, I strive to be that because I know not just how they will take care of me, but I know the depth of that relationship is significantly more than the transactional relationship that we have. So for just giggles, I'm going to run through these 11 once more very quickly, then I'll give you your day back. Number one. So we're talking about how to be an amazing coaching client. I have 10 plus one uh, bonuses for you. Number one, the big four, uh, show up on time, do what you say you're gonna do, finish what you start and say please and thank you. Number two, co-create your goals. Don't just shove it on your coach, especially in year one, year two. Co-create them so that you can get a joint level of ownership around them. Number three, own the tracking and reporting every single day. It is your job and your responsibility and allow them to help to read the tea leaves with you. They shouldn't have to push you on it. Number four, please don't make big decisions in your life without speaking to your coach first. They probably have some perspective that you don't. Number five, some of the best things that you can share with your coach are the top 5%, the highest of highs, and the bottom 5%, the lowest of lows, because that'll help them understand how you think, how you work, what molds you, what drives you, what affects you. And they help you build up those cool muscles in you so you can be a better entrepreneur, a better father, a better friend, a better mom, uh, you know, et cetera. Number six, how I prepare for my call, which you can probably model if you'd like, is one, I go through my highs and lows uh, that across two, three categories, business, personal, family. And I just write down my high highlight for the week, for the last two weeks and low light for the last two weeks. And I see which of those I need support with. Second, I just review my goals and I see which one I'm on track and off track for the next 90 days. And if I'm on, off track, I ask myself the question, do I need support? And the last one, I just look at the commitments that I made on my last call. And if I'm on or off track with any of them, I bring that up first in the call so that I can be in integrity for the rest of the call. Number seven, uh, don't leave the call without commitments. So in the last five minutes of the call, start wrapping it up and build the commitments out for yourself and do not re- and do not go over. Respect time and when it's one minute left, just cut it off and say, hey, wanna give you your day back, get ready for your next call, thank you so much, I, I really appreciate you. Done, get off. 
because they will respect you when you do that because you're giving them the respect of their time. Number eight, spend a little bit of time doing like a debrief. Again, this is my personal way of debriefing the call. Uh, I try to spend this time the same day, either that day or that evening before I go to bed. And I just write down my top five takeaways from the call. What did I learn? What did I think? What did I feel? What are my top five takeaways? And I actually keep all of them in the same notes. I, I use digital notes. I keep all of them in the same little file so I can see week after week what my takeaways are. And it's really powerful when you go back and look at the takeaways years, uh, years past. Number nine, the reason why I do all this, the reason why we do all of this, every single call, it is my goal to reach a new depth of personal vulnerability. Every single call, it is my goal to reach a new depth of personal vulnerability because I get bonus points for telling the truth. And when you're ultra vulnerable, your support system can help you. People can rally around you and they can make you, they can build you up, they can create, they can create, the, 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 they can bring out the inner fire in you. Every single call is my goal to reach a new depth of personal vulnerability. Uh, number 10, strive to be their best client. Just state it. Hey, I want to be your best client. I want to be your favorite client. Be flexible with their schedule. Check in with them. Something broke down. Read their emails. Share their posts. Promote them and attribute them. Attribute them if you learn something from them. And then you finish the call and say, hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Because they can't read your mind. Because they lay in bed wondering how they can serve you, whether they're doing a good job for you. Not whether you're going to renew or not. They just wonder what they can do better for you. Thank you. I appreciate you are good words to say. And last but not least, if you believe they're really changing your life and, and you keep your eyes open actively to, to introduce them, endorse them and refer them, introduce them to other folks that they can help. The greatest sign of, uh, uh, you know, gratitude is to tell someone else about how much they're doing for you. Refer them to, refer them to new clients and uh, that will make you an amazing coaching client. Those are my, these are just my personal tips, my personal strategies, my personal kind of insights on how you can become an amazing coaching client. I think that there's a lot out there about how to find a coach and find a mentor and all of that. But I think, it, I think the world's uh, got to go a little deeper personally and take some responsibility. It is our job to be an amazing coaching client because when we show up as an amazing coaching client, we literally activate the best part of them and they show up better for us. Hope you enjoyed that and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com dot com.